Greetings, everybody. This is Jack Graham and John Peterson with another version of our podcast, We Talk Photo. Uh, podcast all about everything photography, photography-oriented discussions. Um, we've done, uh, I don't know how many now, but quite a few, and we see our numbers going up, and we thank you all for listening in and for you new folks uh welcome i think um we'll try to do a good job for you here yeah we have lots we of do, lots of great content yeah and you know we do different things we talk about some of the news and views of what's going on sometimes um we do get into some technical stuff but more uh you know just basic photography discussions for the folks that may be listening to this for the first time. And what else we do is we try to find some real interesting people to uh, do, do a, a short interview with. And today, I have to tell you, um, for the folks who use Fujifilm products, and for those of you who may be thinking about making some kind of a switch from one of the other brands, uh, we have a very special guest today, um, uh, Billy from the Fuji guys, and I, I have to maybe explain it. Um, maybe I'll let Billy explain it. Uh, there's an infinite amount of information that is available, and at the end of this podcast, we'll let Billy tell you how you can find it. But Billy, welcome. Hey, uh, Jack, and uh, thank you for having me, and John as well. Um, you know, as you mentioned, I am Billy uh, from the Fuji Guys channel, but uh, also Billy from uh, Fujifilm Canada. That's uh, I do work for Fujifilm, and uh, our offices are basically in Mississauga or Toronto, if uh, you're not very familiar with Canada. Uh, and um, I'm part of the marketing group within Fujifilm. And uh, we started, obviously, the Fuji Guys YouTube channel uh, quite a long time ago. Um, it's been, I don't know how many years now, so uh, you can check out uh, Fuji Guys on YouTube, and you can definitely see me change through the years. Uh, mm -hmm. um, but, um, you know, we started off making videos uh, mainly for, you know, customers that were just wanting to be more familiar with the product, wanting to... Uh, uh, learn how to use a certain feature or function, and uh, and so we started sort of uh, doing something like that since no one really liked to uh, read the owner's manual. Things obviously has changed, and uh, the internet has changed since then. And uh, you know we slowly adapted our videos to uh, to uh, appeal to uh, those now that look at YouTube. So that's the, sort of uh, a little recap of who I am. Uh, I, I have been working at uh, Fujifilm Canada for uh, over 15 years. And uh, I, I guess I joined uh, around the time that, unfortunately, film sales were declining and, and digital cameras were were really growing. Um, in fact, uh, we had uh, a number one model in Canada at the time, and I just joined at the exact same time that that happened. And, you know, as a benefit for everyone working at Fujifilm Canada, we all got uh, a digital camera out of that for free uh, from the president. So that was uh, kind of cool uh, to say. Um, I've always uh, shot with uh, Fujifilm cameras in, in, in terms of digital. I, my first Fujifilm camera was uh, a 2 megapixel uh, fixed focus camera. I bought it uh, um, and I the whole benefit of it was it was also a webcam, and at the time I was uh, working 
um, and needed to have a webcam on my laptop. Unfortunately, it was a pretty bad webcam <laughs> functionality and uh, made some complaints to the office and uh, and uh, I ended up and en ended up working for them and answering those same questions that people had. So that's my little story. And, and since then, I'm uh, now kind of uh, in the marketing uh, group and, you know, to help promote the brand, but also, you know, I, I have love for photography and always have. And, uh, you know, to me, it's not really a job that I, I think uh, most people have. I think uh, I come to work enjoying what I do, uh, especially the fact that I get to play with all the cool stuff. And I guess we're going to talk about that today. Yeah, and, you know, I noticed that whether it's, uh, um, you know, the folks that I run into at Fujifilm like Justin or, or you know, Stacy or even, you know, Yuji's out whenever he's, out doing stuff, he's posting images, and I think that the the kind of the culture in the company. I, I don't I don't honestly know anybody who doesn't really love working for Fujifilm. Um, you know, uh, it's it's a it's it's a it's a I think it's kind of a cool company to work for because their culture is a really amazing, and I just picked up on that. You know, and, yeah, I think you 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 got it right on. I think um, you know. If we look at, and I can't really say for others because I obviously haven't worked for other competing brands, but uh, you know, one of the appeals of working with Fujifilm is is that everyone that I I work with uh, have an interest in photography of some sort. Right. Um, you know, they they love coming to work. You know, for that, uh, at least in my group. Uh, also, you know, everyone kind of knows each other, and you know, there's you're not like a number when you work at Fujifilm, at least in, at least in my opinion. Right. Uh, you know, you can talk your way laterally to people and, and up the scale up even to the, the president uh, uh, at Fujifilm. And I, I find that culture kind of uh, nice. Uh, I've always had great boss bosses at Fujifilm who's always kind of uh, helped to, uh, you know, look to promote, uh, you know, myself uh, and always ensure that, you know, any work that I do is, is recognized. So, um, yeah, I think it's it's different uh, than say other brands. I, again, I, I I haven't worked, but I just feel like when I talk to other people from from the industry, it's they don't have that same you know flex that Fujifilm has, and maybe that's why Fuji Fujifilm is a different type of company, and maybe yeah. all the things that we've done with digital cameras, like firmware updates, happen because of you know these type of things, these, these type of communication that sort of allowed. Um, Right. Not just within Fuji, but globally within the various Fuji. Yeah, that's like an open open forum, you know. It's it's it's, it's really good. And just for, for everybody that may be interested, uh, Billy's yes, he's Billy from the Fuji guys. But his his um, title, he does have a title. His title is senior technical brand manager. So we're not talking to uh, we're talking to somebody pretty high up in the food chain here. And I think you're going to be able to enjoy getting some information. You know, when the first time, really, I ever saw you on Fuji Guys, I, I immediately um, picked up on your passion for the, the Fuji film products. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and, you know, just watch YouTube. There's a lot of people doing things, and they're just kind of like parrots repeating 
stuff at a, either other internet information websites or technical manuals, but you guys had a passion, and I said, man, these guys are really into this, and I could tell this is a, a different type of thing. So anyhow, let, let's let's talk about um, a, a couple of things. And again, folks, uh, pardon us for this podcast. This is a Fujifilm-centric podcast. <laughs> you uh, bet. We, we make no bones about that this time. And, uh, you know, we have no problem uh, talking about other things, but just pardon us for indulging in 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 uh in uh fuji film for today um billy it's all i think it's going away um but this discussion about full frame versus apsc you know it used to it used to be a lot maybe a lot more heated than it is now i, I remember back when i shot a uh a six seven a four five camera they, people used to tell me I wasn't a real photographer because I didn't have a eight ten camera, you know. <laughs> and now we're we're getting this this full frame APS-C four thirds. Do, do you see that going away at all, or is, do you think it's still a big factor? Um, you know, to be honest with you, technology has has changed dramatically, especially with sensor technology. In that, uh, you know, pretty much any camera that you're buying. Today, if you go into a store, whether it be a Fujifilm camera or, or any other type of brand, uh, you're getting a really good product, right? And to be honest with you, you know, uh, any camera can be professional. Uh, obviously, there are advantages with, uh, with uh, cameras that have larger sensors as, you know, it's sort of the laws of physics in the sense that larger sensors tend to have potentially better dynamic range potentially have better low-light capabilities and in some instances, of course, you know, allow for a little bit more um, control over the depth of field, meaning a little bit more shallow. And, and um, you know, I, I think, you know, who, who, whoever's going to a store now and buying a camera, I think they're not going to regret, regret it. I think that the technology is great, great now that uh, in any sort of lighting situation or typical normal lighting situations, um, you can get excellent photos, right? Uh, and to me, at the end of the day, it's always, you know, the camera is only just one small component of, of image quality. I mean, obviously, the person behind that camera is, is of importance, right? There's some, you know, artistic control with that side of things. Uh, but also, you know, what you put in front of that camera, which, you know, meaning lenses, makes right. a big role in in how you get a good photo. And so, you know, with full frame, with with APS-C, with micro four thirds, uh, with one inch, you know, they all have their place in in uh, in in this time. And I think uh, for most parts, if you're in the micro four thirds to full frame range. You're you're going to be happy about seventy to eighty percent of the time, and I think, um, you know, when we talk about full frame, uh, thirty five millimeter sensors, I mean there are obviously advantages, like I mentioned before, um, and but things do change, right? Like I said, technology on on sensors have gotten so great that uh, the differences between what you pay and what you you get in return is so minor now that. You know, for most parts, our system, which uses an APS-C, uh, does offer ex- extremely great quality images. It's 
to me personally, uh, the best balance between wanting a system that is small and compact, but you know offers quality that you know is um, you know close enough to a, a 35 millimeter full frame sensor, if not better than some of the older ones. And you know overall the usability in terms of you know um, size of the lens, uh, the whole overall system itself. Uh, yeah, it's it's you know to me a, a perfect balance, right? Um, there will always be people that want full frame. Uh, they've shot that their whole life, and you know to be honest with you, there there is a difference, right? Uh, it's just the laws of physics to have a bigger sensor. But the the question I guess I tell people is that difference. You know, um, is uh, is that difference between APS-C and full frame enough for you? Like, is that a to spend the extra money to add the extra bulk? Like, and it really depends on who you are, right? Yep. Um, for me, I've always liked small, compact cameras, and so you know, if I can get you know excellent image quality, uh, even doesn't have to be on par with a 35 millimeter full frame but you know good enough that you know i'm happy with having less weight and size i mean it's not like i travel or hike in in that sense but overall i'm you know i got a couple of kids and you know i i like using a real camera when taking pictures uh when i go out and so i do bring a camera and you know APS-C cameras i think are that balance and it allows me to actually take a camera and not think about Man, you know it's gonna be so big that I end up, you know, just leaving it in the car, and that's never the case with, uh, with the cameras that I take. So yeah, I think uh, you know there's appeal to to everything, and I think what's great is that people have choice, right? There's so much good cameras out there, whether it be cameras like the Sony A7 series, uh, the great value full frame, excellent technology. Uh, of course, our Fujifilm cameras like the XT3 and XT30 are. You know, again, that perfect balance between size, weight, but also performance. And then you have, you know, the compact systems out there like uh, Olympus and potentially Panasonic, you know, who have the Micro Four Thirds systems that, uh, you know, offer portability. Uh, so, and so, hey, Billy, just just sort of to add on to that uh, without getting too technical, do you, how do you feel about, like, do you guys talk about pixel density you know, even though it's full frame, we've seen it go from 16 to 20 to 25 to 30 to 50 to, you know, 61 megapixels. And really what they're, you know, they're cramming more pixels onto the same size of sensor. And do you, have you heard or, or do you have an opinion about that? Yeah, I do. I mean, like I said, again, you know, size does matter. That's the truth of it. But when you have, you know, a large size, but you start stuffing you know, more megapixels into that into that size, then, you know, of course, each pixel uh, or each pixel pitch is much smaller and it, it someone somehow eventually takes away from the ad, the added advantage advantage of having a, a larger sensor, right? Um, you know, it's really hard to obviously compare apples to apples uh, when it comes to sensors. But, uh, yeah, if you had a, a 35 millimeter full frame sensor that, that was eventually you know, over 60, 70 megapixels, uh, you're going to lose in terms of dynamic range and you're going to lose in terms of low light because the pixel pitch becomes that much smaller and uh, it becomes to the point where you just, um, uh, I mean, you're still probably getting the advantage of more megapixels, uh, but you're now kind of uh, 
reducing that benefit of dynamic range and or low light that you got, you know, moving into, a, you know, a 35 millimeter format, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, that's awesome. Thank you. But well, saying that, you know, how, you know, I guess, what does it matter to you, right? In terms of that, at the end of the day, uh, you know, we don't look at, we don't look at pixels. We don't look at, you know, sensors. We look at, at pictures that we create, right? Great point. And, you know, I, I think the best answer is, you know, when you take that photo and you look at it on the computer or you make a print out of it, are you happy with that photo? And if you are, you know, to be honest with you, then that system's going to be perfect for you, right? Um, if you feel like, you know, your pictures don't look so great, they're noisy and grainy, then maybe you need to, to step up uh, in sensor size, right? whether you're coming from a one-inch sensor or you're coming from uh, an APS-C, or technically you could be coming from a full-frame moving into a GFX, you know, medium format system, right? Or, or maybe, think- you, maybe you need to refine your photography skills. <laughs> <laughs> I always tell people if your images don't look good, it's normally not the equipment. You know, yeah, I think the the benefit for everyone is that we all have choices, and the more choices that are the that are out there, uh, I think that's going to be that's great for everybody, right? You know, one of the thi- one of the, I guess I hate to say it this way, but one of the, one of the gripes I have with Fujifilm is that they don't promote their glass enough. They're tr- always talking about the new camera and the new new sensors and the improvement in the equipment and all of this, but they don't. I mean, the Fujifilm lenses, the quality is unbelievable, and mm-hmm. you can trace that back to the history of the company. And, uh, you know, it's quite common. I mean, Fuji Don makes a whole bunch of cinema lenses that are very, very, very expensive that are used in Hollywood and sports, uh, you know, sports uh, video and I mean their lenses, Billy. I mean, it, 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 I don't want to, I don't want to get you in trouble here, but do you agree that they need to maybe blow their horn a little bit more about the quality of these? I mean, these little these little primes, it's they're incredible. Yeah, I mean, like I said again, you know, I always promote our lenses because you know, to me. Uh, the strength of any system is is right in front of the camera, right? And and the difference between a very sharp image and a soft image is really the glass that you put in front of in front of the sensor. Um, you know, I totally agree. Um, I, I think in terms of you know Fujifilm as a company, I mean, we started you know melting glass you know back in I guess when the company started, uh, and we still to that day you know do that we produce you know um lenses uh and and you know on top of that we actually polish and make our own glasses um you know and and to be honest with you, you know everyone had seen you know the the lens videos uh that you see from fujifilm from canon from sigma from nikon you know when you watch those videos all you're looking at really is the assembly plan right the glasses is already made whether right. they be purchased somewhere or 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 um, or, or made by the by the company or, or by others, but all they're doing is assembling, and that's all you're seeing in these videos. And you can definitely say, "Wow, that's great craftsmanship." But the truth of it is that you know what you don't see is the true factories that are actually making those glasses by hand before they get to assembly. And and to be honest with you, Fujifilm is is a specialist in that. 
uh, it's not a job that you just apply for. Uh, you 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 kind of be you kind of have to be like an apprentice for these master crafters that make these glasses and. Um, you know, it, it takes several years, if not, you know, uh, a lifetime to to become one of these guys that, that are the masters of making glasses. And this is what we have as a company. I wish I, – I agree with you. I wish, you know, and I've asked this with, uh, with the tops of Fujifilm is to make the video of these true masters. Uh, these, these, you know, it's the same people that are, you know – Making amazing sake in Japan and and yep. any and, and 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 soy, and 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 any of those special products that require sort of a specialty trade wise, you know, um, that is the Fujifilm advantage, absolutely. And I think uh, all the lenses uh, in the Fujifilm lineup is is sharp. Uh, I think um, anyone who's uh, in the Fujinon side of uh, the lens design. Uh, their top priority is always going to be image quality, and and, and in typical fashion, uh, there's always a fight between costs and weight and size. You know, when when building a lens, and you know, to be honest with you, uh, the 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 technicians that are developing, you know, these lenses, uh, for them, number one priority is is quality, right? Yeah. Uh, so that's yeah, absolutely key. Uh, I always kind of promote that, and um, you know, I, I think people um, maybe misjudge Fujinon. And you're right; we probably don't promote 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 that brand as much as we could. Um, but yeah, lenses are, are great at Fuji. Awesome. And, and I I remember seeing a picture, Billy, bat of a, a it was a black and white photograph of a huge computer with vacuum tubes that was used to work with algorithms on how light hits different, um, you know, pieces of glass within a lens. And I, this is probably in the fifties, wasn't it? I mean, it was a long time ago. And I know that Fuji, uh, non, I guess not Fuji film, maybe it was Fuji non developed this computer that was eventually purchased by their competition to help making, uh, uh, you know, glass and, you know, I'm just beating a dead horse here, but the glass is amazing. It's just, it's just I wish they they put a big ad on the back of the magazine. It says our glass is amazing. <laughs> yeah. I, I, like I said, I agree, and you're right about that uh, that computer system that was helped to uh, design uh, lenses. And you know, we actually even develop software that other companies uh, potentially use uh, in order to develop uh, their own lenses. Right. So, yeah, I think we have uh, some really you know uh, intelligent uh, technicians. Uh, all the credit to to uh, to the technicians and and the R and D staff. Uh, at Fujifilm, uh, both the camera mechanical side, but also the uh, the lens side, which to me is is you know number one importance and maybe underrated. Uh, yeah, the, in you know, the, the bottom line of credit goes to the vision that the the the, uh, the higher ups at Fujifilm had 20 years ago when they they saw film going away, and really work toward what we have now more than really anybody else. You know, it's a whole new podcast. We could do a whole podcast on the history of this company. I think. And yeah. What have you. I mean, John, even, I know even, even, well, yeah, I was going to say even going back to, um, the beauty products, 
you know, that's what fascinates me about Fujifilm, where they got into cosmetics and some of that other stuff because of the chemistry. And and you look at the you look at the roots and the foundation of Fujifilm as a company, and it's it's fascinating. I need some beauty products. Johnny. Yes, you do, Jack, for sure. <laughs> so, Billy, Billy, let me let's talk a little bit about um, GFX. You know, I shoot a 50s and absolutely love it. I also shoot an XT3, but Fujifilm's gotten just some amazing amount of press with the GFX 100 that's come out. How's that launch been for you? And how's that? How's the camera going so far? Uh, to be honest with you, actually, the camera is doing very well, uh, you know, throughout the world um, in terms of what it offers. I think it's it's somewhat revolutionary in the medium format realm uh, in the sense that, you know, you are, you know, getting 2019 technology uh, on a medium format camera. You're not, uh, I would say, Frankensteining different parts to it and working with older lenses and and maybe older backs you know, older cameras to, to, to um, you know, digital backs and all that. What you're getting with the GFX 100, you know, really is a camera that is in today's technology, you know, the best. Uh, you got things like, um, you know, the autofocus system, which is pretty much the same as the X-T3 in terms of speed and performance. The only thing that, 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 it's different between the two systems really is the lens autofocus because the GF lenses are much heavier yep. and so they're slightly slower. But aside from that, you know, the, the processing power and the phase detection pixels are pretty much the same type of technology that's found on the X-T3. So uh, that's modern. You're getting, you know, in-body image stabilization in a medium format. And, that's you know, I, I, it's very big. And people may think, well, um, the truth is, uh, it, it's a big thing, especially for shooting with primes, especially for mounting, you know, um, legacy lenses. Because we know, we all know that everyone who owns a, a GFX just loves to uh, to adapt uh, older lenses uh, to the system, and it just makes everything stabilize. Um, and I've I've shot uh, in studios, I've shot outside with it, and you know, you know, for a lot of points, I've shot way below one fifteenth of a second, and you know, gotten one hundred percent keepers. Um, and, you know, for, for other people that, you know, maybe are not so steady, you know, I can guarantee you that at one thirtieth of a second, hundred percent keepers all the time, super sharp. So the IBIS, uh, unit works extremely well. It's isolated from the body as well. So the sensor and IBIS unit are, are enclosed in magnesium alloy. It then is floating and not really, um, um, being, um, I guess shutter shocked or shaked from things like the sh- uh, the 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 focal plane shutter. The focal plane shutter has been dampened, and again mounted on the magnesium frame, but also isolated so that it doesn't provide any shock. So, uh, even without IBIS, you can, you know, handheld a 100 megapixel medium format camera, and still get you know crazy crazy sharp uh, images, and you're not forced to shoot at one one thousand of a second and over, right? You know, you got the sensor, which is also 2019 technology. So uh, anyone who's in medium format, it's always kind of keeping the ISO to 400 and lower and not trying to push the shadows. And and this camera just breaks that mode and and really treats it like any other mirrorless camera that's, you know, the top of the line, 
you know. Um, and that's a, you know, for, for me, that's a great point. I hadn't really thought about that. This is a clean sheet, ground up design on 2019 knowledge and technology versus a Frankenstein of, you know, 1980s, 1990s technology that you digitize in this world. So I think that's a that's a huge distinction for me. I think, thank you. Yeah, and I think also we we talked about this. You know, we're going to be talking about this all the all day long. But you know, the lenses themselves are designed for you know to resolve over 100 megapixels. So again, you're not talking about old legacy yeah. lenses that are preventing you know 100 percent the capabilities of that sensor, right? And so to me, it's it's a complete system. And then you got a bunch of other stuff, right? You got the dual slot card, you got you know the integrated grip, you got these cool-looking sub-monitor displays and virtual dials. But really, truthfully, none of that matters, right? right. You pick up this camera, and it's a complete system. Uh, it feels solid in your hands, but it offers all these modern technologies that you know, make life easier, especially the autofocus side of things, yeah. uh, and especially if you're doing portraits because you know, facing eye detection, um, you know, it works quite well. It allows you really just to... Uh, concentrate on the um, how you frame the photo, uh, frame that subject, and it takes away having to kind of half press and reposition. And you know, if you're shooting wide open, you know, you know that a slight movement in shooting with a medium format sensor is gonna, you know, put things completely out of focus. <laughs> uh, so you know, these are these are modern technology that actually makes current photographers that are using medium format. You know, it to them it's just night and day, and that's why uh, this camera is, is it's doing quite well. Yeah, last uh, last I heard, you guys were your uh, demand far exceeded capacity. You catching up on that a little bit? Uh, I think the whole world is is sort of uh, trying to catch up on that. So yeah. We, we continue to have back orders, unfortunately. But again, that, you know, that's a good problem, I good guess. Problem to have. That, you know, the camera is uh, finally being looked at. Also, um, you know, to point out, uh, I think all Fujifilm cameras, X-Series and GFX, are fully now fully compatible with uh, Capture One software, right? And uh, for those uh, that, you know, are using Lightroom and wanted to, wanted to tech, check out Capture One, uh, you can download the Capture One Express software for free it allows you to do uh, full editing of raw files, both from GFX and from, from X-Series cameras. And, uh, you know, I think it's a quite powerful tool when it comes to getting the, the most, you know, out of your, out of your images, right? Um, mm-hmm. Do you think the, uh, the raw converter on the Capture One is superior to what's in Lightroom? Uh, in my personal use, uh, yes. I think uh, Capture One does an amazing job, has amazing controls um, when it comes to raw conversion. Uh, there are things that are lacking with, with, with Capture One that Lightroom, you know, does a better. I think sure. if you're a wedding photographer, I think Lightroom is probably the better choice because it's much easier to blow off 600 pictures and get it all converted. Uh, where Capture One is about taking 5 to 10 of your best shots and making it the best possible uh, quality and and uh, I, I think uh, both of the softwares have a place, mm-hmm. uh, but I think when, when it just comes down to image quality wise in terms of raw conversion, uh, I prefer the Capture One software. 
I, you know, I was at uh, Mount Rainier last weekend running a workshop, and Louis Navarro was with us. And Louis had a GFX 100, and we got to play with it and what have you. And the two things amazed me about it is um, we had some folks that had some Nikon equipment and some Canon equipment. And this camera is not that much. It's about, I mean, it's like an 850. How they did the stabilization and 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 all the aspects that go into that as far as heat and controlling other things and made that camera the size that they made it it's it's incredible i it's just i i thought it'd be a lot bigger than it was when i actually got to play with it um the other thing that amazed me <laughs> we we in my workshops uh billy we do image reviews so i asked lewis to put some images shot with the 100 in on uh, when we did our image reviews and we had a couple similar images and the detail and the dynamic range was very very apparent uh even over and you know i'm going to be very honest here it, you, it was visible over the xt3 um I mean, you could see the dynamic range in a couple of challenging images that Lewis and I shot uh, kind of back-to-back almost. 100%. I mean, I guess we're – and this is the reason why we, 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 we didn't launch, you know, a 35-millimeter full-frame camera because we felt the, significant, the difference in image quality was not significant enough. And making the leap to medium format, uh, you know, does offer you things like greater dynamic range, right? Uh, as well as uh, potentially better low light, uh, but that's also you know pixel density tech. You know uh, how much megapixels in a sensor, on top of the type of sensor it is as well. So, um, but definitely when it comes to landscape photography and dynamic range, you you, you can definitely see that, and you're definitely going to see resolution, right? Like uh, as sharp and amazing as in it, as a Fujifilm XC3 camera is. Uh, we've actually had back-to-back seminars where we had shoots with XT3, and right after, you know, we had photographers uh, demonstrating with the GFX, and then looking back at the images, just swapping between the two, you definitely see how ridiculous the uh, the the resolution is. And this is not just even the GFX 100, but even the 50 uh, megapixel, 50s and 50r version, the significant significantly sharper and higher resolving than um, the X-T3 is, right? Not to say the X-T3 is a slouch in all this, but until you see a contrast between the two, it's just wow, right? It it was a wow moment. I I didn't think it would be that much different. And, and, and you know, I mean, what I'm getting out of my X-T3 is phenomenal. It really is. It's it's way beyond even the X-T2, but... uh, to see a couple of these files that were challenging in, in terms of dynamic range and and stuff, I mean, it was it was it was <laughs> it was surprising. But so so Billy, let, let me um, well actually let me ask you just a quick question. So with the uh, GFX one hundred and the GF lenses, is there anything new coming down the pipe um, in that space from a lens perspective? Um. So you know we 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 have a lens roadmap for the GFX system. Yeah. Um, and you know we we had a few listed on there. The first one was the GF fifty millimeter, uh, which is you know 
actually a perfect lens to pair with a 50R if you're sort of a walk-around shooter type of uh, person, as lightweight, compact. But we also indicated that we were going to fill the zoom gap, right, so that we would have three different zooms to cover um, medium format. We understand that, you know, you know, customers, when they buy into the system, you know, there's quite a lot of an investment from, you know, not just, you know, the, the camera perspective, but from the lens perspective. And and so Zooms is a great way to to minimize costs and still cover a lot of range. So we, we launched the system with the 32 to 64. Um, and, you know, we've obviously released the 100 to, two, uh, 100 to 200. Uh, millimeter GF lens, and so we have one more one more sort of true mid-range zoom or standard zoom that will be coming out. And I think that will be uh, one that completes sort of you know the three different uh, uh, focal lengths you know from 32 millimeters, which is 25 equivalent on 35, all the way up to uh, 200 uh, millimeters, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah, that'll that'll definitely cover everything. I love that 32 to 64 stays on my 50 um, almost all the time. Absolutely love that lens. And it's a sharp lens. I think people have the fear of medium format. You know, well, traditionally I, I shoot with primes, and most people do that, right, with medium format. Yep. Uh, and they have this fear about zooms not being so sharp. And I can tell you, you know, uh, these these lenses that we develop uh, and – like sharpness is, is is an important part for us, right? And so uh, you can definitely feel like, you know, some of these lenses are, they're, they're kind of like having primes built as zooms, right? <laughs> they're, they're, they're quite sharp. And I don't think there's anything to worry about uh, edge to edge. Uh, I've always suggested for people to check out the corners uh, on the images and you'll see that, uh, you know, it's not like your traditional zoom back in the days or, you know, it's it's no. a zoom that's the quality of, of primes. Yeah, it's it's very much incredible. Uh, what the, the sharpness I can get out of that lens, kind of taking that taking it back a little bit. Um, so you know you travel a lot. You like primes. Um, do you you know when you travel what what do you like to travel with? What's your favorite body that you pick? I know Jack just picked up uh, an XT30 and the size and the weight of that camera and the incredible images that come out of it that blew me away the first time I saw it. Yeah, um, that's a great question. I always get asked, uh, "What's my favorite camera?" My 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 simple answer is the the lightest and smallest camera I can I can afford to take with me. Uh, I find that you know when I bring big cameras with me, uh, I typically don't want to use it. So I, I want to make sure that the the cameras I have uh, are the smallest possible. Now, obviously, I work for Fujifilm, and so I I have access to pretty much you know. Uh, a GFX 100 all the way down to an entry level, you know, XA5 type of cameras. My go-to choice uh, right now, at, as we speak, is the XC30. Uh, it gives me all the same performance as the XT3, um, and uh, but it's smaller and it's lightweight. And and you know, traditionally I I shoot just primes. Um, I would say about you know six months ago, I would be carrying the 35 f2, um, the 23 f2, and um, sometimes the 50 f2. I can tell you now, uh, I go with, you know, the XT30 with the 
35 f1.4 i've gone back to that lens um there's just something about it i keep telling people it's super sharp but it also has this look that's not perfect uh and to me it's a, a beautiful lens uh and so i kind of shoot with that now most of the time um but i'm in 35 millimeter equivalents uh 35 millimeter lenses which is uh 50mm equivalents uh, on our system um about 70 70 80% of the time right um if i know i'm taking portraits and i'm going to be taking you know something that i plan to do the 56 1.2 will be the lens i go with uh, all the time and if i know i'm i'm going to be out camping somewhere and i i need an opportunity for the skies i'm taking with me the 16 1.4 but for 80% of the time with this XT3 it's the 3514 and it's maybe the 23F2 that uh, comes with me. Yeah, solid. Yeah. No, you you I I totally agree with you. I own the 56. I don't have the 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 fast uh 35, but again I have these these little primes that are just amazing and if you're traveling light, you know, it's it's uh it's uh, the way to go. There's no doubt about it. No doubt about it. No doubt right. about it at all. You know, um, Billy. Uh, again, we'd like to thank you for being here. Is there anything that uh, anything that uh, you'd like to cover that we have left out? That sure. Basically, um, we could talk about real quick what's coming down the pike for X series. Um. Well kind of a not really right <laughs> in, a, in a sense that currently you know we got you know an amazing wood-winning camera the the fujifilm xt3 i think anyone who's looking at a hybrid shooting camera meaning that you do a lot of video and you do a lot of photos no doubt i highly recommend the xt3 uh it's a high performance beast that does everything well uh and value for your money compared to the competition uh, you know you got nothing to worry about it's it is absolutely amazing uh and then if you're looking for compact lightweight then again i highly recommend the xt30 right now it's you know and if you don't need that and you can have, you can get a great price at a at an older camera like the xt20 or xe3 uh i would go for it especially if you just care about photos because to be honest with you there really is zero difference that i see um in terms of image quality difference uh, between those um, aside from fast autofocus and stuff like and that I'll tell you, it, it, if you're hand holding there's still XH1s around at great prices uh, and that's yes a that's a, that's a great point and well, i think uh in the next little while uh jack um i think that camera is going to going to be um quite a deal so check out for that. I think there's a promotion coming out with that. I think uh, if you're just looking for image stabilization, you might work with heavier, bigger lenses. Uh, to be honest with you, it's such an underrated camera, and I can definitely understand why people uh, were were picking other cameras when it first launched because of price. But if you can get this at a, at a great deal, and I and I know there's uh, it's going to be definitely a promotion coming soon, um, you know. Look at that piece. It's it's actually you know it's still a perfect. camera that I use uh, when we do videos. Sometimes I get very lazy and don't want to put it on a gimbal. 
the XH1 is just that perfect perfect camera to take and and yep. film you know quick uh, B-rolls uh, and and film footage with it. So yeah, absolutely, uh, Jack. Uh, thanks for bringing that up. Yeah, how about the uh, 16 to 80 that's coming? I think that's going to be an amazing winner for Fujifilm. Uh, the 1680, I think, is the perfect camera for the X-T3. I think it's the perfect hybrid lens. Uh, it has technology, autofocus systems that are quiet. Uh, it has very little breathing. So if you're doing a lot of uh, video you know, and you want sharp photo, it sits right in between the 18 to 55 and you know, the 16 to 55, right? right. Um, everyone loves this 18 to 55 kit lens and you know, no doubt it's, it's a great kit lens. Personally, the 16 to 55 2.8 lens kicks his ass when it yep. comes to sharpness. You can see the difference instantly. But in between that, the 16 to 80 at f4 constant, it's the perfect fit for like travel, everyday shooting because it it covers wider than 18, it covers longer than 55, and it's weather resistant. Fast focusing, silent focusing. Um, honestly, I think this is going to be a big lens, and I think anyone who's owned an 18 to 55 and wanted something more, uh, I would definitely go for this piece. Uh, and this is not just Fujifilm selling you anything here, uh, or me as a marketing speak. This is Billy, shooting photography wise, telling you this is the lens to pick up on. It's it's going to be you yeah. know that perfect lens, and Sadly, it might do bad in the sense that once you have it, you stop buying other lenses from us because it just covers such a wide range and does such a good job through that range. Um, so maybe it's a negative. Maybe I should be telling everyone don't buy that lens. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it, it, it'll have its place. Just, yeah. you know, the, the, the Fuji film folks are – they're. I, they, you know, they just don't pick a focal length. They look at what they have and what they can compare it to within their own family. And every, I think every lens has its place. I see people, Billy, with 90 F2s and uh, 80 macro F2.8s, and they buy the macro at F2.8, and they say, well, I don't need the 90 because I have the 80. And they're two totally different lenses. So, you know... Um, Fujifilm is very smart in that I think all their lenses have their own special special place uh, at, 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 in the end, you know? Well, I do agree uh, with you, and I think, uh, again, having choices is great. And I think Fuji is great at making lenses. Uh, we do have a lens roadmap you can check out uh, to see, you know, what's upcoming. Uh, I'm sure we'll update it uh, down the road because uh, I, I think people are curious to see what, what – What's coming out next uh, for Fujifilm? Um, Jack, I know you wanted to talk a little bit about software. Um, yeah, let's get real quick talk about um, your view on, especially um, the uh, the uh, the the. Uh, I'm trying to think of the name. The Fuji um, X Acquire. X Acquire. Right. Um, so. There's, there's a couple of software that, that's made by Fujifilm. You got X-Acquire. Uh, you also have X-Raw Studio, or XRS, right, as we would call it. Um, the two different softwares. Uh, number one, let's just talk about X-Acquire. Uh, it's 
pretty much a very simple tool. Um, all it does is it allows you to dump images from your camera to your uh, to your computer in a tethered state, meaning I could wired or wirelessly connect my camera, um, the ones that support, of course, tethering, that is, and um, I could shoot and have images just dumped into a folder. It's very simple, very basic. Um, you know, it was designed initially uh, because Capture One software wasn't supporting tethering, and 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 so you know, here's here's a method of of somewhat tethering, right? And you would use hot photos from Capture One or even from Lightroom uh, to look at that and input the images automatically as you shoot, right? So it was sort of a a way around, um, you know, the support for both Capture One and or Lightroom. Um, but it does have its usefulness right now in the sense that it's a software that you can actually use to back up your camera settings. So um, Very important. when you connect and you have multiple cameras you use or, or potentially other people use your cameras or you share your cameras, you can back up all your settings on the computer. And if for one reason, you know, all your settings are reset, uh, you have to send the camera into service potentially you know, you have this backup. Once you get your camera back, you reconnect it, and then you upload those settings back on, and you're ready to go. I know uh, a lot of people spend a lot of time to create their own um, JPEG recipes. You know, I, I do so myself. You know, I, I shoot with Astia film simulation, and then I add my own shadow highlight options to it. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I call it my own type of look. And it takes time, right, to configure all that in your in your cameras. And so, uh, yeah, as a backup tool, uh, it's quite useful. No, I, you know, I I have to be honest with you. I need, I need to pay a little more attention to this because I think it's fairly underrated software. Everybody's after yeah. Lightroom and Capture and Luminar and you know, there's so many advantages out there, but. The one thing you know that if you're going to use the software from Fujifilm, it's going to really be matched to the Fujifilm sensor, the the uh, X Trans sensor, especially in the X series. You know, and I have to I have to spend a little bit of time looking at that myself. So I'll be joining the rest of everybody here. Hopefully, that will listen to what Billy's saying and play with that a little bit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's important. I've got a lot of settings as well that I that take a long time to recreate on the camera, and I don't even remember half the things I set. It just works the way I want it to, and I want to keep it that way. Hey, so Billy, um, where can our listeners find you? Where's all? Because you're the social media giant that you are. Where are? So you're out on YouTube, yes. Uh, so yes, we have a channel called the Fuji Guys. So if you go to youtube.com slash Fuji Guys, um, you'll definitely find our channels. Uh, um, maybe when it started, I was, you know, doing quite a lot of videos with, uh, uh my boss at the time, Greg Poole. Uh, things have changed obviously a little bit. I manage a, a team of three uh, nationally, uh, from the West Coast to the East Coast. Uh, well, Quebec, which is a, a French speaking province. And uh, and Toronto, so they're all involved now in the channel. Uh, I've also introduced a, a new person in the in the channel as well. Her name is Florence, and uh, 
you know, she'll be doing sort of, you know, our Instax videos and, and maybe other camera videos. At the end of the day, if you want to kind of get first hands uh, on any new announced products, uh, uh, we'll have videos up for that. And uh, we do we do uh, some what we call top features videos that, you know, show you some of the features of our cameras, uh, how to set it up uh, and uh, what the results sort of are for that. Oh, so, again, YouTube.com. Um, I can't take all the credit anymore uh, as I appear less and less in the videos. <laughs> uh, but uh, I do like to, um, you know, be on camera. Mm-hmm. And uh, I enjoy talking to people because I, I, I have this sense, you know, I, I know what people are looking for in a video because I watch videos myself, you know, and, and I always kind of understand what people are, are trying to see or, or trying to figure out. And and so, you know, with these videos, it gives us definitely an opportunity to uh, to uh, reach out to everyone and, and show show you what you're sort of looking for. Yeah, it's a great way to connect. And your your passion and enthusiasm, as Jack said, really comes through. And this channel's really kind of has, has been your baby for a while. And, and so I've watched it a lot. So thank you for all your time and effort in doing that. And and just in closing, I think we've uh, I think we've kind of beat the beat the <laughs> clock here on this one a little bit. Time flies when you're having fun. <laughs> um, Billy, thank you so much for taking your time out of your busy day today to come talk to us and our view or, and our listeners. Thank you. No problem, uh, Jack or J and J. J and J. How come we didn't take it that, John? <laughs> I don't, we're not as smart as Billy. You got to make, make a logo now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. But you know, we have uh, folks. We have uh, uh, an email address, and that is we talk photo at gmail dot com. And if you have any questions um, that we didn't cover or you'd like to get up to Billy, send them to us. We'll forward them. Um, if you ask what's coming two years from now, even if Billy knew, he'd have to, you know, he'd have to kill us to tell us. So, you, you know, we can't go too much into that kind of stuff. But if you have any questions, we'll certainly get them up uh, to Billy, and I'm sure he'll be happy to uh, shoot you a brief note back. And it might not be a long email, but probably give you a pretty quick answer. Um, that's wetalkphoto at gmail.com. And, of course, our website is uh, wetalkphoto.com. Uh, and you can uh, subscribe to our podcast and do all sorts of things there. We're going to try to get some images up with different stuff here as we go. But um, for now, Billy, you are the man, and I, I can't thank you enough for taking the time out of your busy day to to, to talk with us. And um, I have a feeling you'll be in Photo Plus in New York. I look forward to seeing you there, and we'll uh, we'll uh, have a good time. Okay. Yeah, I'll def- definitely. I'll hopefully see you there, and. Uh... Yeah, anytime you want me to chat, we can definitely... Uh, yeah, we'll do this again. Quick. We'll do this Thanks. again when the GFX 200 comes. So. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe sooner. All right, guys. Thanks a lot for having me. All right, Billy. Uh, thank you. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Take care of yourself. We'll talk soon. Okay, guys. And thanks. everybody who's listening, thank you all. And we look forward to uh, getting this up. And then uh, we got a great roster of podcast folks that we interviewed uh, uh, that'll be coming in the weeks to come. John, I will see you in Anchorage tomorrow. Yes, tomorrow morning, and we are going to record a podcast, uh, roundtable podcast, up there with uh, who knows who. So uh, we'll talk to everybody later. Thank you for listening. All right, bye bye.